Hello, everybody, and welcome into what will likely be an abbreviated edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. You can find the show wherever you can find your favorite Outsports podcasts. We are available on Spotify, Apple, Google. You know the drill by now. Download, listen, rate, subscribe. I say this will likely be an abbreviated version of the show uh, because I just did not leave myself enough time. It is getaway day. I'm off to P-Town for Halloween as we are ringing Halloween weekend here. And, uh, well, I would have had enough time if my tires weren't low uh, with air pressure. Um, Yes, I had low air pressure in my tires this morning. I was all ready to go to my 6 a.m. yoga class. And by the way, the point of this story is just for me to tell you that I went to 6 a.m. yoga. So don't be confused. Uh, But I did go to the class. Thank you for asking. I made it there. But then on my way back, three of my four tires, low air pressure, so annoying. So I had to do that hard work of driving to a gas station, putting putting the air pressure in my cars, checking the PSIs. I felt like I was investigating deflate gate. And now I'm here. So there you go. There you go. But uh, I did want to get in a show this week because uh, this show is going to serve, I think, as a harbinger of what's to come for us at Outsports for the rest of the year. The biggest story that we'll be following, or one of the biggest stories that we'll be following, it will undoubtedly be the biggest story in the international sports world, is the World Cup. It begins in Qatar less than one month from now, November 20th. It runs until December 18th. And, you know, I we've been reading about the human rights abuses in Qatar for years leading up to this World Cup. I remember as far back as 2013, 2014, there were stories about migrant workers dying, building these World Cup stadiums and facilities, slave labor being used. And now as we get closer to the start of the World Cup, Qatar's overall human rights record is coming under scrutiny. In particular, it's awful treatment and inhumane treatment, frankly, of LGBTQ people. And what would you know? Less than one calendar month from the World Cup, the Human Rights Watch came out with a new report this week documenting the abuses and the arrests that gay, bi, and trans people face in Qatar on a daily basis. Being homosexual is still illegal in Qatar. It can be punishable by death according to the code of the law. The Human Rights Watch in its report documented six cases of severe and repeated beatings and five cases of sexual harassment of LGBTQ people in police custody between 2019 and 2022. And with most of these things, the actual number is probably greater than that. Uh, A lot of gruesome details in here. Security forces arrested people in public places based solely on their gender expression and unlawfully searched their phones. As a requirement for their release, security forces mandated that transgender women women de- detainees attend conversion therapy sessions at government-sponsored behavioral health care centers. That sounds like a nice place, huh? Uh, a couple weeks ago, we ran an op-ed here on Outsports by Dr. Nasser Muhammad, who's a gay man who grew up in Qatar. He now lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. He was sounded the alarm on the LGBTQ rights situation in his home country. Some of my friends have told me stories about online chat rooms and how undercover cops are arresting men trying to meet other men in a romantic setting. I have also heard about lashing in prison sentences. Uh, So in this ever-changing world, yes, some areas and culture of the Middle East have taken more accepting approaches to gay, bi, and trans people, uh, but Qatar is not one of those places. Um, 
And, you know, even if you are not a Muslim, penalties for gay sex carry a possible prison term of up to seven years. Uh, and, you know, I have mentioned this in passing before on the show. We do a lot of moralizing in sports media these days, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But all of the people who have spent the last several months rightfully hammering Live Golf and its partnership with Saudi Arabia and the PGA stars who have left the tour to play for Live take that dirty Saudi money. Uh, our Ken Schultz had a great article on Outsports this week about the uh, Saudi investment fund purchasing a Premier League team and the outrage there. Well, I hope all of that outrage is channeled to Qatar hosting the World Cup because this is disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful that a country that treats people like this, in particular LGBTQ people, could be granted this honor to host the greatest international sports tournament out there. And what's even more egregious than that, and it's hard to be more egregious than that, but <clears throat> the capitulation, of course, the capitulation always, always makes it even worse. And that appears to be what one top UK official is advising. Capitulation. British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly said in two interviews this week that gay soccer fans should tone it down if they visit Qatar to watch the World Cup. Cleverly said Qatar was making <clears throat> some compromises in terms of what is, you know, an Islamic country with a very different set of cultural norms to our own. He said fans should be respectful of the host nation. They are trying to ensure that people can be themselves and enjoy the football. Cleverly, of course, was excoriated for his remarks. I mean, labeling Qatar's brutal treatment of gay people as, quote, a very different set of cultural norms is quite the understatement. I mean, cleverly went on to say, with a little bit of flex and compromise at both ends, this can be a safe, secure, and exciting World Cup. And despite the pushback from celebrities, soccer players, you know, his fellow government officials, they can't get much right in Britain, but they can still condemn comments like this. You know, Downing Street rebuking cleverly wasn't enough. He said this to Sky News Wednesday after the BBC interview, quote, we have incredibly important partners in the Middle East. It's important when you're a visitor to a country that you respect the culture of your host nation. Wow. We do not need leadership like that here in the West on the eve of the World Cup telling gay soccer fans to tone it down. That is absolutely egregious. And what's interesting about James Cleverly is he's a center-right conservative. He actually supported same-sex marriage as early as 2005, according to his website. But that shows about how supporting same-sex marriage doesn't always equate to a widespread support of LGBTQ people and our desire and our right to live and present ourselves as we want to. It's called the heterification of gay people. And same-sex marriage, marriage is a very heteronormative institution 
And thinking has been, if you open that up to people of the same sex, you now have some heteronormifying going on. And everybody fits into this one ideal. I mean, it's not a coincidence that Anthony Kennedy, a conservative Reagan appointee, signed the majority opinion in Obergefell. Andrew Sullivan, the first mainstream champion of same-sex marriage in journalism in the early mid-90s, is a conservative. Again, those things aren't coincidences. So just that's just a little side note, a little side note, that if you read James Cleverly's quotes, you'd say, oh my God, this guy must be a virulent anti-gay figure, not in the least, again, supported same-sex marriage in 2005. But what kind of gay people is he supporting and what kind of actions does he want and what kind of actions does he support? Those are the questions. So there you go. Even with an abbreviated show, hopefully gave you a little something to think about. I'll be back with a full episode next Saturday. If you're dressing up, enjoy your weekend. If not, Enjoy your weekend as well, and I'll talk to you next Saturday.